0: So just two of us this week.
1: Two of us riding horses, chasing rainbows on our way. You and me Sunday driving. Keep going. Yes, it's just the two of us and uh um we
2: can make it a try.
1: <laughs> It's a it's a rainy cold, well not cold, it's just a rainy Friday morning here in Sanford, North Carolina. But uh there's good news to be shared because um we managed to have not one, not two, not four, but three guests today representing the Boys and Girls Clubs of Central Carolina and uh we talked to them about not only um, their role in helping children of Lee County during remote learning and pandemic, but also they've got a big event coming up, a big fundraising event. And if you like golf, then uh, you'll want to listen and learn how you can take part in some something normal for once, since uh doesn't seem like any of this is going away
0: anytime soon. No. No, it was a uh, big week for the rant. We had quite a quite a few stories,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, it was a big week uh, first and foremost, our involvement with w w g p and w f j a which we teased last week that uh, started coming to fruition today. We went to the radio station and recorded a um, kind of a teaser for them. I know we talked about it last week, but just to reiterate all all local candidates for office will be interviewed by the radio station and the rant. And all of these interviews will uh, be broadcast on Facebook live through both of our pages, but they will also all live on rantnc.com. NC.com. And um, in addition to that, we will have um, not only these uh, video interviews, but we will also have um, the results of, Three months of Q and A that uh, that the rant has sent to all candidates over the last few months. So um, you you have no excuse to go into this election uninformed, especially on the local offices. And uh, I think we were talking a little bit last week about going into some of these elections where you just you know maybe it's the the water and sewer commissioner, which we do not interview, but sometimes you just go in and you water see and names. sewer commissioner <laughs> just made it up. Yeah. Um, but you see two names and you're like, I don't know any of these people and you just vote and that's not right. That's not how democracy should work. Um,
0: and these so. interviews we're doing, uh, we'll be broadcasting them on in partnership with WFJA on October 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, and 12th. And if you can't tune in, they'll, they'll be, uh, they'll be live at, 12 uh 30 each of those days um but if you can't tune in you can find them on rantnc.com or the rants facebook page which is facebook.com slash the rant 905 we'll be interviewing well billy you'll be doing one of the interviews we'll have several other interviewers but the interviews will be uh with your candidates for lee county board of commissioners lee county board of education and the lee county candidates for the north carolina general assembly the house of representatives and state senate
1: yeah i get to do it on wednesday october whatever date that is october 8th maybe i don't know whatever the day wednesday is but I think that would be the 7th um, uh, what the radio station doesn't know is i'm going to come fully equipped with nothing but extreme hardball questions so don't tell john <laughs> hockaday don't tell him i'm uh I'm coming with my own questions and they're they're going to be brutal. Uh
0: probably not. That is all a right? th- that is a probably a falsehood. I'd be shocked if you yeah. were even familiar enough with the issues to come hey, up with all hey, hey. questions.
1: Hey, quit quit <laughs> quit saying true things. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so our guests today we have multiple guests Uh, I think this is the first time we've done that we've got um, they're all affiliated with the Boys and Girls Clubs of Central Carolina that's uh, Bob Bredwell who is the president of the board of directors Uh, Jaslyn Walker who correct me if I'm wrong you're you're the manager of the the facility manager uh, at the Stanford uh, location okay and uh, Meg Moss who is a club parent so uh, thanks for thanks for joining us today. I'm excited to talk to you guys about everything that the Boys and Girls Club does here in town. Um, I interviewed Daniel several months back and he told me about all the things that you do. But obviously, it's a crazy time. It feels sort of like every interview we do right now is um, what is it like in the time of COVID? So talk, talk about that if you want, uh, just to get started, all the things you do and, and, and what it's like right now.
2: Right now is um really different. We're still we're adjusting to the new way we do things at the Boys and Girls Club. Um in the mornings, members attend their virtual classes and then in the afternoons we're giving them free time to socialize because they're not in a school environment where they have recess or they can all have lunch together. So in the afternoons we're doing more Um, socializing and just letting them get their energy out versus what we typically be doing, which is Boys and Girls Club programs.
0: Right, right. So how many kids are you serving right now?
2: Right now we have about 80 registered, but we see about 55 a day. Um, They are required to attend three days a week. So everybody don't come every day. Okay. And we serve um, kindergarten through 12th grade.
0: Wow. Wow. And so everything is virtual right now.
2: Yes. Everything's wow. virtual. Um, the members, they do have uh, virtual PE classes, which is really cute because everybody else will be sitting down and then you see somebody up stretching doing push-ups. <laughs> so, yeah. That's
0: funny. That's funny. Well, one thing that I know is always uh, a struggle is raising money to support your operations. And that's probably um, even more difficult right now. Um, wonder Bob, if you could talk about that from a uh, board of directors perspective.
3: Well, it's, it's a constant uh, challenge and requirement of the, of the board to maintain those funds that are coming in, and which is kind of surprising in many ways right now. Uh, we, we did our one of our big events is the, is the Great Breakfast, and we were not able to hold that breakfast as we normally do. That's the kickoff of our campaign year. But as a consequence of of the COVID crisis, we had people just volunteering to to get on board and and to help us um, initiate and maintain our services in a very flexible, very fluid environment. Now, following that, we we had the advantage of having a lot of support from uh, governmental and uh, donations coming in. So we've been able to keep pace but we, we're, we're, on, we're very cognizant of the fact that we can't lose sight of the bigger picture that we have to maintain this club, not only today, but six months from now, is six years from now. So well, we're always out there trying to get that flow of cash and donations coming in so that we can maintain the level of services we have now and the ones that we expect to have in, in the future. Sure. So that's, that's our biggest challenge especially in a changing environment when the club itself has to adjust to the needs of the community and of the schools and of the children on a, on an ever changing basis. It's a, it's a very significant uh, environment we're in right now.
1: Hey Bob, this is Billy. Uh, aside from the salaries that you pay to, to, uh, for the people who run it, um, the money you raise, uh, what are some of the things, some of the big things that, uh, that they support? Are they mostly the programs? Are they special events? Are they um, you know things that maybe I'm not even thinking about here?
3: Oh, just 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 consider the environment we have right now. Our, our normal process is for the members of the club to come in at after-school events. Now we're we're running those virtual activities all day long. So not only is it salaries, but it's also feeding. It's also programming. It's also maintenance of all the facilities, of the computer systems that are involved, of all the support facilities necessary to run a virtual school uh, during the school year. And to be able to adjust when it's necessary to, uh, in terms of the, of the plan that school is using at that point in time, to be able to switch those patterns whenever we need to. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of stuff. It's everything that you might imagine. And, and running a program five days a week, eight hours a day.
0: Um, I thought it was a really good idea to have to have you involved, Meg, um, as a, a club parent, just to get the perspective from maybe outside the organization, but also somebody who benefits from us from it. Um, can you tell us, you know, what it's like to to have a child involved with the Boys and Girls Club right now?
4: It is awesome. So my son, who is 14, attends the Boys and Girls Club every day. Um, I'm able to drop him off at 7.30 in the morning, and I pick him up at 5.30 in the afternoon. And while he's there, he's able to do his actual school. Um, But he's also able to have some socialization, too, like Jaslyn was talking about. Um, He went to Boys and Girls Club all summer and absolutely loved it, made some great friends, um, gained some great relationships with the staff there. Um, and then when virtual school started, he said that he just wanted to stay home and do virtual school. So he did that for about three weeks. Um, and he has a tendency to get off track a little bit. So after about three weeks of virtual school, he was like, mama, I think I need to go back to the boys and girls club. They'll help me. And, um, that was just, it was just, it, the Boys and Girls Club is just a blessing for me as a parent um, and for him, just so that he gets that socialization, gets that energy out. You know, when I go pick him up at 5.30 in the afternoon, um, a lot of times they're outside playing, you know, playing soccer, playing football, you know, running around on the field, getting that energy out, which he really needs. Um, so it's just been a blessing. And and the other thing is, and I know you talked about the, the fundraising role requirements, um, it is so inexpensive for him to attend the Boys and Girls Club. Um, And I, as a parent, really appreciate the affordability of it. And I know the Boys and Girls Club has gone from running, you know, just an after-school program to being open all day, five days a week. And that's an incredibly, um, that's just an incredible expense that I know that they have um and they're still able i guess through their fundraising and and events um still able to provide services 5 days a week all day um even though the fee to attend for a child is so low
1: yeah it sounds like when uh when everything back long long ago when everything was normal <laughs> um the boys and girls club was known mostly for its after school programs and as a place for you know students to go to um in that gray area between the school ending and parents getting off work. Uh, Now it's, it's taken on a role as being more of an all day thing. And you mentioned Meg that, that uh, your, your son had more focus when he was doing the virtual learning from there. So from what I understand, they have like facilitators on, on site people that can help them with math, with uh, other things like that. Am I correct? And anybody and can
4: I'll, answer that, yeah. I'll let Jaslyn take that one.
2: <laughs> so we have staff in the areas that are able to assist them. Um, for the most part, they are on live with their teachers, so they're able to ask their teachers any questions, and the teachers can help them. But sometimes they do need assistance from our staff, especially with the younger children. Um, and then there was another, something else I wanted to say, but I forgot what it was. <laughs> oh,
3: but the important thing is we we have a lot of kids that need that extra push in the virtual learning and and the staff is is there to give them that special support that they might not otherwise get if they were at home because a lot of their parents are working all day long and they just can't so this gives them a a really special advantage to, to be in this environment and and to get the support that they need and um, we, we think that's a a unique aspect the boys and girls club is playing right now yeah and yeah, i'm not. And
2: also, okay. go ahead i'm sorry go ahead we also um talked about just encouraging our members because virtual learning is not for everyone um even in college, some classes are online it's harder for college students to do online classes versus in school so a lot of them get frustrated um navigating through the different websites and things things like that and just reading off of the screen all day. They need that hands-on learning so um we're we're also here to just encourage them and
1: them through that process. Yeah. the uh, And I, I don't expect you guys to have the statistics at the ready, but um, I'm sure you've done presentations before where you've had to um, show just the impact that a boys and girls club has on a community. Uh, do you just off the top of your head have um, either, either statistics or, uh, or just overall um, impact that the club has on students and their graduation rates and their uh, maybe in their going on to college rates or anything like that? Uh, do you have some of those impact numbers memorized?
3: <laughs> I, I don't have them off the top of my head. Jasmine might have some of them, but we do know from, from past studies that our graduation rates are greatly accelerated by, by the fact that they participate in the Boys and Girls Club. And that stands to reason. They're they're getting that that extra bit of help every day by being members. Uh, the same thing is true with the kids that uh, go on to to other endeavors after. I mean, our, just our workforce preparedness work, disregarding uh, college participation, is extremely high because of, of the programs that we offer. Uh, yesterday, I was in a, in a in a regional program, and we saw the Youth of the Year awards of so those kids that have use the Boys and Girls Club as a, as a springboard to go on to places like William and Mary, which is the, one of the kids who was Youth of the Year, were able to, to use the Boys and Girls Clubs to give them that advantage to, to access those those programs. So we're very, very proud and very confident of, of what the Boys and Girls Club provides for those kids. And Jocelyn, do you have any statistics to you remember?
2: I need to remember. I put you on the
3: spot, I know. <laughs>
2: I'm actually doing a training on that today, and I have them in the other room. But um, okay. I will say during, we haven't got report cards this for this school year, but we do get their report cards once they come out. Um, we go to the office and pick them up. During the typical school year, we had 280 to 300 members per day. And we have a program called Power Hour where we help them with homework. And we assess their report cards, and whoever has a um, low C, uh, D, or F, we put them in a smaller group just so they can get more one-on-one help, and we get volunteers to come in there and help them. And we've never had more than 20 kids out of our 280 in that room.
1: Would you say the majority of your students uh, or of your um, participants Maybe. your your children are, are um, children of working families, or is there is there not a specific demographic that, that you mostly
3: serve?
2: Most of our children are um, parents. Our chi- most of our members are children of working um, families, yes.
3: and, and many of them do come from challenging backgrounds. Uh, I'm, I'm part of another group outside the Boys and Girls Club that addresses uh, uh, child, adverse childhood experiences where children have uh, their, their ability to cope and deal with, uh, with life. Uh, comes largely from the fact of, of getting support programs like the Boys and Girls Club. So not all of our kids are are, are at risk, but a good many of them are, and they're getting special support they, they otherwise would not give.
1: Yeah, does that mean you have, to, you have staff that have to take on kind of a counselor role as well?
2: We have a mentoring program and we usually get volunteers to participate in that program and we connect them with a mentor. We tell them a little bit about the children's background Right now, we are doing that virtually, and we are in need of um, mentors. But we do also have staff that serve as mentors, and some of our teams that serve as
1: mentors. Yeah, and so grow- and you just- I'm sorry. I was just going to throw in a, a quick comment. Growing up, um, I grew up in a in a family where all all you know my my parents worked. Uh, there was always this gap when I got home where there was nobody there. Um, I personally would have greatly benefited from something like this. So it's uh, it's a shame that my community didn't have one growing up. And I, I think uh, that we're fortunate that we have one here.
2: I am a an alumni of the Boys and Girls Club. My mother was a single parent and she had five children and I was the oldest. So I was, so was sometimes put in the role of, of a caregiver. So once we started coming to the club, it was a great relief to me. And yeah, my it took sister.
0: some of the weight off your shoulders, I bet. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> And I see that now in a lot of families as well.
4: Yeah.
0: Jaslyn, you just mentioned that um, there was a need for for mentors and it seems like this is probably a good time to, you know, if people listening to this um, want to get involved in that way or some other way, how can people find you guys online presence to get in touch with you if they want to help?
2: Um, we do have a Boys and Girls Club website um, for the mentoring program. We ask that they come in for the application because we do have to do a background check and they would have to get um, fingerprinting done for that. But yeah, just come in and talk to us about it.
0: Okay, and that's you're located?
2: 1414 Branch Street.
0: Okay.
3: And that's how I got involved in the Boys and Girls Club. I, I started out being a mentor back before I retired. So um, it's a natural transition when I went on the board, but I, that, that, ex- that experience for the mentors that we're making a plug for that right now is just incredible. I mean, the, the reward you get from being a mentor is just something you just cannot measure.
0: Uh, that's some, something I wanted to ask you guys about, too, is just um, obviously to be in this line of work, you have to um, enjoy working with children. What's it like to to get to deal with that many kids, particularly you, Jasmine. I'm sure you come in contact with a lot of the kids every day. What's, what's it like building those relationships?
2: I absolutely love it. I would not trade it for anything. Um, Every child is different, unique. Um, They all bring something special to the club. Whenever I started out, I was here at the O.T. Sloan Club and I had moved to another club in our organization and I was, you know, kind of sad to leave. I didn't want to leave these children. But when I went there, I met a new group of children and it's just really great working with the children and with their family. Uh, We have some members who start out in kindergarten and first grade and they stay with us throughout high school.
0: That's uh, yeah. That's a long it's time nice to see
2: everybody grow up. I've been with the organization for seven years, so some of the members that were here when I first started, they're in college or finishing college. It's just nice to keep in contact with everybody.
0: Yeah, and Meg, I'm sure you can kind of speak to the the other end of that. What a kid gets out of having those relationships with people.
4: Well, I think it's just impressive for the Boys and Girls Club to have kids who choose when they're in high school to go to the Boys and Girls Club versus doing other things after school. So you know once they get their driver's license, a lot of times they want to go off and do other things, but there's a lot of kids that go to the Boys and Girls Club that are in high school who are choosing to go there, and that just kind of goes to show you the type of support um, that the Boys and Girls Club staff provides, and it's just a safe environment, an encouraging environment, and um, kind of jumping back a little bit, you all had asked about statistics, and while I certainly don't know those statistics, um, I have heard a presentation from Elizabeth Colebrook from the Boys and Girls Club where she does share a lot of statistics, and one of them that jumped out at me was a statistic about, um, it wasn't a high school graduation rate statistic, it was a statistic about um, a certain percentage of youth who are Boys and Girls Club kids say that the Boys and Girls Club really saved their life. And it's not just about the academic mentoring. Um, it's about the, the socialization. It's about the support from the mentors and from the staff and the nurturing that they get. Um, so it's it's the academic support, but it's also just the life skills and social skills support that they get. Um, and, and kids really... Feel that or else they wouldn't stay through high school if they didn't enjoy the program.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Especially
3: kids. If, if, they're, if they're not into it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's exactly right. You know, it's important for us to be able to provide all the activities that kids want to do. But I think it's equally important that they be in an environment where they know they're safe and that people really care. And mm-hmm. I think that's what keeps all these kids coming uh, well into high school.
1: So one of the few things that we can still do without breaking too far away from the norm is golf. And uh, I understand you guys have a, a big event coming up on October 20th with the Boys and Girls Club, the Central Carolina Golf Tournament. Uh, would you care to pitch that while we're... While oh, absent? To... <laughs>
3: abs- absolutely. Uh, it'll, it'll be a, It's a wonderful event. Uh, everyone has a good time. We're, we're looking for about uh, t- uh, 20 teams, at least 20 teams, uh, we're only about half full right now. We're looking for old sponsors uh, during the event. and it's it's one of our major fundraisers during the year. So uh, it's really important that we get people to come out and have a good time. Uh, that's the that's the fun part of fundraising. Uh, I also support an activity that really has a, an incredible impact on these on this kid on these kids and this community. because there is a, there is a community impact, and that's what we all we all realize.
0: And where can people go to uh, get involved with uh, the golf tournament? Whether it's to to play in the tournament or to sponsor a hole, that sort of thing.
3: Well, They can get on the website for the Boys and Girls Club. Um, there, there's a page there for that, and there, I don't have the information on the sign-up sheet itself, but it's it's all there on the Boys and Girls Club website. Yeah,
1: and you can also um, if if. Uh... If Google is not your thing, you can go to your Facebook page, Boys and Girls Club of Central Carolina, and you guys have been promoting it heavily on there as well. And you have you have a few sign up links there as well.
3: No, it's it's going to be a great event, and the weather's going to be beautiful. Uh, uh, of course, we're looking forward to it. Great, it's great. October
1: in North Carolina. It, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. I, well, quit play, I quit playing golf years ago, but I'm looking forward to going out there.
0: Great, great. Well. Um, I guess we're going to wrap it up here, but thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, Again, seek out that Boys and Girls Club website if you're interested in getting involved or being part of the golf tournament that's coming up. And I just want to thank all all three for your time today.
1: Yeah, we've got a uh, we've got a story that just came out, hot off the the presses, that they're going to do a drive-in movie theater throughout the month of October. It's going to be on Friday nights. Um, our original story said Saturday nights, and uh, I would own up to a mistake like that, but uh, the press release sent to us, <laughs> the date's wrong. So if anybody read the original story and and. Uh, and no longer, you know, looked back or anything. It it will be on Friday nights throughout the month of October. But it's a, uh, it's sponsored by Adcock and Associates, and they're going to be showing Greece on October 2nd and Jurassic Park on October 9th and uh, Dirty Dancing the following Friday. And I think uh, they're taking suggestions for their fourth film, and then let's, they're going to do Halloween flicks on October 30th.
0: So. Let's uh, let's. Um, toss some ideas back and forth about what that other movie could be
1: i mean you know it sounds like they're going with big budget popular <clears throat> films from the 90s uh you know in that in that vein i think you could you wouldn't miss by going with like a goonies or um, which is the
0: early 80s early 80s uh, mid
1: 80s maybe
2: yeah.
0: yeah they're they're going with uh it's probably 1984 85 yeah they're going with popular 90s movies blockbusters so think uh dog day afternoon yeah um (laughs) i think um i think
1: a a good like goodfellas or a nice three-hour murder
0: (laughs) (laughs) something shockingly violent like robocop (laughs) (laughs) that would
1: be great oh robocop would I, i that would be great actually that's uh that's um the or the just a ter- a terrible gory film like texas chainsaw massacre which yeah. is gory but
0: i don't think it's a very good movie the exorcist yeah um what about deliverance <laughs> or, what about could you could you see the uh, the kids in the backseat <laughs> just like... shut up and watch it's a beautiful movie <laughs> It's, uh, yeah. Um, will I you actually, be, will uh, you be attending any of these with your, your family?
1: I don't know. It's,
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't mean to laugh at that. I,
1: uh, I don't know. I, I just, we've got, we've got stuff going on on Friday nights and, uh, we got kids practices and that kind of stuff, but, but, um, but yeah, I think it's a great idea and I would like to attend it's $30 a family or a car. And, you know, I guess if you break it down to a family of five or however many people you can fit in a car, a van, that's not so bad. Um, I actually grew up with a drive-in theater in uh, in Ohio when I was, uh, you know, we moved from Ohio when I was in the third grade. So I remembered we had in Steubenville, Ohio, this drive-in theater is called Winterville or something like that. And that's where I saw, I think, Goonies for the first time. I remember seeing um, Return of the Jedi there in the early 80s. I saw, um, I want to say I saw one of the um, Indiana Jones movies there. Uh, I remember the experience a lot more than I remember the movie itself. I remember it had those big clunky metal um speakers that you would have to crack your window down and then slide that on the window. And now they do it with, uh, with a low frequency FM station that only, you know, only reaches a certain area. And so everybody can just listen through their car speakers. But back then you had that one crackly
0: speaker and it was like always dirty and it looked (laughs) like, like a piece of equipment from the death star.
1: And it, yeah, and it, yeah, exactly. And it never, it never worked properly. It always had the crackle in it. But, uh, but man, I I still had great memories. I, you know, you remember just these moments from your childhood and uh, a few of those moments I remember involved the, the drive-in theater. I remember I would be in the back seat of our car and we kind of had a hatchback. So we would lay the seat down and we would lay back there and, and, you know, face front and watch the movie. But I remember I would turn around And we would be watching some PG movie here, but I would turn around and and see the screen way in the distance. And it would be like The Shining or something. And I would see (laughs) this just terrible stuff happening on the screen or (laughs) just (laughs) getting the biggest kick in the world out of it. So I remember that. And I remember, um, I just remember the smells of it and and all that kind of good stuff. And uh, those are really good memories. So um, I know drive-ins have been kind of out of, out of, out of the pop culture for you know a few decades now but you know if anyone can grab any of those kind of memories from this experience I think uh I think it's a win I know they're they're working with a company out of Raleigh that does this because I asked I asked uh, the guy that's putting this together um you know you hear you hear something like this and you'd show up and it's just little inflatable screen with like someone's projector from school. And, and uh, right. maybe, you know, but no, this is
0: a, this the, co- is a com- the, FBI, the FBI shows up to shut it down for copyright <laughs> violation.
1: Cause you didn't pay the $300 to show a star Wars movie or something, but no, this, this is a company that, that does this stuff and it, it'll be a, a large screen and um, sounds like, you know, they'll put the smaller cars up front and the big trucks in the back and, um, yeah, sounds like they're going to do it right. I, I think I'm more interested in seeing how this works than I am, you know, actually seeing the movies. Cause you go, you do this for the experience. You don't do this because you're dying to see Dirty Dancing for the 400th time.
0: I think it would be my first time seeing Dirty Dancing. Uh, yeah,
1: same here. <laughs> Uh, okay i do i have seen grease a lot i have seen grease a lot and uh you know guilty pleasure i like that movie so
0: i I noticed that it said to dress up you know thematically with the movie if you so choose like so i could see wearing grease outfits i could Mm -hmm. see wearing um dirty dancing outfits but what how do you dress for jurassic park
1: you can dress as a park ranger. You can come uh-huh. in one of those big inflatable tyrannosaurus costumes.
0: Put on um, put on some big glasses and be Newman.
1: Yeah. Okay. Or um, act erratically and be Jeff Goldblum. You can. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. But yeah, uh, I recommend it. I recommend it. And I apologize that our original story said Saturdays, but this was not our fault. It is Friday nights, and it is throughout October. And uh, and uh, yeah. You know, now that now that you got me talking about it, I do think I I might go out and uh, we might try to catch Jurassic Park. I think we'll be out of town the first week, so um, Jurassic Park in a drive-in theater in the middle of August or October. I mean, sounds good. sounds like a good night.
0: So big week we had uh, with the rant story-wise. We had a bunch of stuff happen. The- I think the thing that that we
1: posted that got the most attention was definitely the the Trump parade in East Sanford.
0: Well that got the most comments. The most clicks came on the story about the guy charged with sexually assaulting children. Which
1: yeah but stories I wasn't always gonna... do get a lot of clicks. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to, I didn't think we could go very far with that in a podcast though. Yeah. Unless you want to talk about it. I'd rather not. Yeah I'd rather not too um but about the East Sanford thing, you know Refresh my memory, but did did we have Bush parades and did we have um, McCain parades and did we have um, no no? Okay, I just I you know my I'm getting old. My memory's a little foggy here, and I, I don't understand. I don't understand having a parade for a sitting president.
0: I'm well, i yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't either.
1: You can say it.
0: <laughs> I well, I I couldn't imagine having a parade for Joe Biden either.
1: No, or a Clinton parade, or an Obama parade. Uh, um, I don't know. You know, I I want to I want to sit here and condemn it as a as somebody who will not be voting for Donald Trump. I want to sit here and say, um, I want to find something wrong with them. There was something wrong with the Sanford one, and I'll get into that, but as far as just the idea of a parade, I want to sit here and say, well, that's preposterous, but I don't know. I mean, I guess if you like the guy and you want to
0: have a parade for I just for couldn't, couldn't think of any number of other things that I could do with myself on a Sunday than driving as, a, as an expression of my preferred candidate.
1: And what do you think is the so I don't think the goal of them is to convince people sitting on the fence
0: that. Well, I can't vote. Speak, I can't speak to anybody's motive, but I don't think that honking my horn at somebody is an effective uh, persuasion technique.
1: Well, no, but what I'm trying to get at is is the reason for these. And so, if we That's take why away, I, said I'm,
0: I can't speak to anybody's motive, but well, I don't. It's it's hard to imagine it being voter persuasion.
1: Okay, so if it's not voter persuasion, which should be, I think, your reasoning for doing anything political like that, what I, I'm I'm gonna guess here that is there an element? and Maybe I'm way off on a limb here, but is there an element of, uh, oh, what's the word, um, braggadocious behavior? Like, is it? To me, it comes off as as, uh, he's the president, and whether you like it or not, honk, honk. To me, there's an element of bragging in these parades. You you honk, you yell, vote Trump, and I I can find no other reason other than it's kind of a chest-pumping activity amongst Trump supporters. And I see that in those boat parades as well. It's just a lot of honking, a lot of yelling, and...
0: Some sinking. uh, Some
1: sinking, yeah. And then that's it. I I mean...
0: Yeah, well, it doesn't excuse the actions of anybody who would, uh, you know, attack somebody over this. That's that's not a good thing, and that's, I think, what made it uh, noteworthy. Um, We've received a lot of comments about how we downplayed it, but it was literally in the headline and the lead of the story and the the arrested party's name was mentioned.
1: So their decision also to drive through East Sanford is is a questionable decision for me because East Sanford uh, demographic wise is um, a... uh, Probably
0: not as pro-Trump as (laughs) other places. Right.
1: And you you put it a lot more... um, succinctly than I would have, but, uh, you know, it's uh, a higher percentage of minorities, a higher percentage of um, lower income here. And those don't tend to be the the demographics that, you know, are in favor of Trump. So then you look at, well, then they have one or two reasons to do it. It's because they want to convince people who historically haven't voted Republican, or they just want to drive through and stir the pot a little bit. And I lean more toward B. On that, and that's absolutely 100 percent my opinion on it. But to me, it was a it was a pot stirring act. And uh, well, again, and I, I think they got they got what they wanted out of it.
0: I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speculate about motives, but the best possible motive I can think of is sort of a uh, you know rally your supporters, make people feel good about. Their choice, but I, I I have a hard time seeing a whole lot of that yeah. in East Sanford.
1: Well, I'm I'm all for the rally of the troops, and, yeah. and they, uh, they they
0: drove they they rode through West Sanford the Sunday prior. I was on my back patio and heard a bunch of noise, and yeah. By the time I realized what it was, they were gone. Um, I don't know maybe maybe the honking amplified because they know who lives there <laughs>
1: <laughs> well you know um good for them good for them i yeah. hope i hope uh, for their sake that they got out of it what they tried to get out of it and uh and moving on
0: <laughs> we had a uh, another story about that was a, that was political in nature about the race for the board of commissioners the uh, three candidates sent in a fundraising letter that claimed that strategic planning on economic development was, quote, virtually non-existent, which is at odds with a, an, a, a document that was officially adopted by the board that was called something like strategic plan for economic development. <laughs> so I, yeah. I reached out and got some comments, but, and I, I, I even spoke at length With one of those candidates yesterday It was a very good conversation Um, But this one probably didn't get A whole lot of attention Because it's not as dramatic As windows getting busted out During a Trump parade But um, These stories speak to me a little bit Just because of the years i spent Working on campaigns And you see a claim made like that And you want to You want to find the truth
1: the, I mean, these are the kind of political arguments that that uh, I think we should be having. You know, yeah. Um, as e- e- even if it's hundred percent false, even if the there's an element of truth to it, um, this is what politics, I think, usually breaks down to is is uh, economic development and taxes and and things like that. And I think uh, this year, it's it's gotten. You know, the uh, the talking points have have certainly gotten a lot um a lot uh,
0: they have been reduced more controversial. <laughs> they've been reduced to a more common denominator.
1: So right. So when, when you see a story about politicians arguing about economic economic development, you're almost like, well, you know, where's the where's the juice to that? That's yeah. but uh um okay. So I think it's wrong. I, I think they were they were wrong in their statement. I think um You know, like any community, Lee County is also hurting from the pandemic. But I think if you look at the last five to 10 years, you would you would be hard pressed to say with a straight face that um, that there's no plan here or that, you know, there hasn't been any kind of real economic growth here or anything like that. Just to to suggest otherwise is is uh, just wrong. I mean, I think it's wrong. And uh, so, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I, I mean, but g- again, at least those are the discussions that, that right. they're having right now. It's, it's a lot better than what some other communities are going through. So um, does this have anything to, deal, to do with the decision by the commissioners this week to come out with a with an economic strategy?
0: Well, the strategic plan that was announced this week is about far more than economic development
1: but is the timing of that coming, coming this week, did that have anything to do with the statement that came out a few days ago or was this,
0: I I don't know. I really don't. I, I, again, I mean, that's trying to get into motive, you know, and I don't, I don't know. I know that this, that strategic plan in question has been discussed for some time now, but I think that is, and I'm, I'm teetering dangerously close to not knowing what what the heck I'm talking about. But I think that that strategic plan, this one that was announced recently, has more to do with pivoting from all the chaos that has been caused by the pandemic.
1: Um, it's funny that you say teetering on a subject you don't know a lot about. It's funny. Um, we're starting to get, a, the more the rant is becoming a, a trusted news source, the <laughs> the more questions we get from people about subjects that I know absolutely nothing about, (laughs) it's like, um, you know, I want to be, I want to be brutally honest and say, I I just don't know. I I have no idea. But then I feel like I have a responsibility to at least say, well, let me look into it. Let me see what I can find out and, and then get back to you. But what um, kinds of questions are you getting? I don't have anything specific right here. It's just the stuff you and I both get on Facebook asking questions about, um what is that going up you know questions about uh, yeah. what is that going up here and there or um why did the county commissioners decide this and that or you know just questions that yeah you know i i don't know i don't know but uh the fact that people are looking to us to get the answers here it's uh i guess that's good
4: <laughs> it's good yeah. it's just I'm...
1: uh it's a bit daunting because uh you know um, we don't have all the answers. Um, and also, I guess next week, we'll also discuss our October edition, which will be out by then. And uh, we're going to focus on the music history of, of Sanford and some of the big names that have come out um, of our Fairburg. Over the We've last had, a, the,
0: many there's years. always been a lot of good musicians that have come, you know, that come from here and played in bands here and even left and done other things. But you know, we're focusing on people who've who've gone on to careers in music um, professionally, and there's a, a high number of those. And, and some of them you may be more familiar with than others. But if you're uh, if you've had a career in music, we um, hope to include you in some way.
1: Yeah, and uh, we're we're sticking with the people, kind of not necessarily born and raised here, but those who grew up here and uh, and kind of. You know what's 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 the word when you in the music industry when you're early on and you're struggling? What's uh, what's that? Those who Um, busted their chops. I don't
0: know. Busted their chops.
1: Busted their chops. Here, there's I forget what the term is, but those who uh, you know paid their dues. Paid their dues. It was something else I was searching for, but there you go those who pay their dues here. And uh, um, yeah, uh, we've been interviewing some of those people the last few days and uh, throughout October on this podcast, we will try to get as many of those musicians on the podcast as we can. I know we've got two booked already and, um, and also throughout the month, uh, you, me, uh, Jonathan, and uh, maybe Brandon or anybody else who wants to join us um, each week, we're going to go over our own, influences in music and, and the music that we love and the music that we hate and the music that we, you know, that changed our lives. So um, each week one of us will share how music impacted us as well. And uh, so you'll get to learn about, you know, how, how Gordon got into music and, you know, all the, all the, riveting crappy, stuff all the people... crappy bands that I love. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So anyways, I, I'm actually getting the, to come hither for my wife because we're actually about to leave. Um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to leave it to you, Gordon. If you want to go another 20 minutes by yourself, you're welcome to.
0: Um, I can read the dictionary. Okay. All right. Or I could read the phone book, something that'll take 20 minutes anymore.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. I hope you enjoy our boys and girls clubs uh, interview today. Um, they're doing fine work out there and uh, that was a good interview. So.